The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. on SAFM. Good evening to Dr. Chantal Witten, who's a registered dietitian and a lecturer at the University of the Free State, Kofsis, as well as the spokesperson of the Association for Dietetics in South Africa, talking to us the very importance of breastfeeding. Of course, last week was World Breastfeeding Week, which is celebrated every 1 to 7 August in commemoration of the 1990 Innocenti Declaration. It started, of course, in 1992, and every year since, the importance of breastfeeding in the first week of August, Women's Month in particular for South Africa, has been spoken of. And to do the same about last week, Dr. Chantal Witten. Chantal, thank you so much for your time. It really is an important way of life, and it's not just the breastfeeding, but everything associated with the social aspect of breastfeeding that we should also be aware of. Talk to us about that then, please. Good evening. Good evening, Sonia, and good evening to the listeners. Yes, of course, so breastfeeding is this unique biological material that is suited for babies and essentially meant for babies for children up to six months can survive on breast milk and nothing else. And besides being a perfect food, it's also the perfect immunity. So breast milk not only feeds babies, it also protects babies. I've always believed that breastfeeding should take place between mother and child for as long as possible. Of course, that's not always practical or possible for that matter. But I think the point is, Breast milk is best. Everything else is a knockoff, if you like, of breast milk. Why then would you find mothers or parents or couples insisting that infant formula does just as good a job? Where might there be fallacies in that statement or belief? The problem is that we have very powerful marketing forces. So for a very long time, the marketing has being positioned to undermine breastfeeding. Many moms believe that they're doing the best for their kids by giving them infant formula because, one, it's scientifically formulated, it's made by, you know, world brands that we value and we respect. And so there is a lot of pressure on moms for choosing something that they think is better than their own milk. And this comes from research where moms have explained their own feelings that if they're not eating well, then surely their breast milk can't be good enough. If they are using any substance like alcohol, surely breast milk can't be good enough. So these are all factors that influence why women actually choose an alternative. And then, of course, we cannot um, ignore that many women have to return to work. And for those women who don't have paid maternity leave, they need to continue to look for work. So this is also another reason why women would choose an alternative then to give their kids breast milk. Let's talk about something which is not without valid basis, the fear of transmission of disease or some other illness or condition from mother through the breast milk to the baby. Um, What are those concerns, whether or not they are founded, we don't know. But can you speak more about that? Because this is as good a platform, perhaps, to engage that genuine fear, which I don't think is misplaced in a young mother. No, it's not, Ms. Plesungeti. The, re- the reality is that we come from an era of HIV. And you will remember that in the HIV context, mm-hmm. HIV was transmitted via breast milk. But since 2011, 
We have, the government has instituted a antiretroviral treatment for all pregnant and breastfeeding mothers, making breastfeeding safer. So in the context of COVID-19, we know that women have been concerned that they may be infected or they may be transmitting COVID-19 via breast milk. But unequivocally, you cannot transmit COVID-19 via breastfeeding. Moms who are positive are encouraged to breastfeed. There are more benefits in your breast milk than transmission. So if you want to avoid transmission, it's the same as everybody else. Let, let's talk about the nutritional value. And I want to go back to this marketing aspect that you dealt with because there is something I want to ask in relation to how we should treat, if you like, those retailers who do what they shouldn't be doing in relation to the marketing of infant formula and the like. But it's secondary to this question, the nutritional value of breast milk and how in the long run that's exactly what a child needs for a whole host of health-related questions or issues that they don't have to deal with because of a sturdy and steady supply of breast milk and breastfeeding as the exchange between mother and child in the long run. The, the value, the social and health benefit of breastfeeding. Spend some time talking to us about that, please. Okay, so from the health benefit, the breast milk is uniquely designed for the baby. So it has adequate nutrients, and those would be your, you know, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, which are designed for children and for your baby. So every mother and infant is uniquely matched. Also, if the baby has got any, you know, fever or the baby's not feeling well, the baby might have temperature, the mother's breast milk is then responding to the baby's needs. If it's too hot, the mother's milk becomes higher in water content. If the baby needs extra energy, the mom's breast milk gets concentrated in fat. So we know that it's a living material and it's responding to the baby's needs, which you cannot get in a tin of formula. And you'll never get the same quality in terms of immunity because breast milk carries immunoglobulins. These are like antibodies carried from the mom to the baby. Now you will never find that in a tin of formula. Also, breast milk is uniquely designed to have short-chain fatty acids. These are fatty acids that are designed for brain food. Again, no manufacturer can actually make all of those short-chain fatty acids. There are about 400 of them. Sometimes they would put one or two into them and they would call it premium brand or gold standard or superior mm -hmm. brand. But nothing compares to breast milk. So that's all on the nutrient content side. Furthermore, we know that research has found that children that are breastfed actually have higher cognitive development and faster cognitive, it's called neural pathway development. And this is because the breastfeeding itself is a stimulation between the mom and the baby, probably the first Wi-Fi system actually set up because as the mom and the baby interact, the baby is laying down neural pathways that is both based on the food, quality of breast milk, and the stimulation. Because as the mom is breastfeeding, she's usually singing or talking to a child or telling a child a mm -hmm. story. And that interaction cannot be replicated when you are doing alternative feeding. On, on, on that alternative... Hold. Please wait. Oh, it's a bit... Can you hear me there, Doc Chantal? Are you there? 
Your call has been placed on hold. Okay, Chantal has been placed was placing me on hold. Let's get my producer. This is, I mean, we, we don't often do this, and we probably should every now and then do this. Lesejo is a mother. She is my producer, and I suggested this topic, and then it suddenly got her thinking about her experience when she was a young mother and had to breastfeed. And I think I'm using my producer because she's got a unique story because, first of all, she's the only one of the four in the team who has gone through this experience. Ukanya's tend to going through that, all things being equal. Brafinius and I will never go through this. And for those of you at home, 0891-104-207, we'd welcome a story or two. We're getting the doc back on the line, and I'm sure she will be listening. And good evening, Lesejo, officially. But talk to us about your experience about being a mom and going through the breastfeeding phase and what it has done for your bond with your child and how healthy in particular and especially your child is. Good evening. Hi, yes, Songazo. Um it was it was an amazing experience. I I wouldn't trade it for anything else and financially also it it, it worked wonders for me. <laughs> you you've just taken me back to a place that is so special, so sacred, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, from the first time I held my baby and I put her close close to me and and she started suckling, it, it was unexplainable. And then being a working mom, you know, things are developed. We can now pump our breast milk, keep it in the freezer for for weeks, for months, you know. And I, I mm. just thought you, you, things are changing. This is... And and being a mom who works in the evening, I've I've been working in the evening for sure I don't know how many years, but I can count the number of times that my daughter had formula because there was no milk. I remember when the station sent me to to the National Grahamstown. Arts Festival, yes, in Grahamstown in twenty sixteen. <laughs> and you know SAFM goes to Grahamstown and they just go big there. I was there for eleven days. My daughter's frozen breast milk ran out two days after I had come back from Grahamstown. So the two, three weeks before I left, I was I was on steroids, pumping, 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 and wanting to make sure that she does not run out of she does not run out of breast milk. But it's it's something that I would encourage all women to do. And did I breastfeed in public? Yes, I did, with no shame. I did breastfeed in public. Well done. But what well I done. then did, I would, you know, sort of cover up because you don't want people to be staring and so on. You can't stop people from staring at you. So I just, you know, cover up, cover my child, but she would have a field day, you know. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's my we story. We appreciate these stories. Are there more Lesejos out there? Thank you so much. Lesejo Manguanyane, she is the producer of The Viewpoint and it's the first time she's also acted as player and referee because she has put this program together and now she's contributing to it. Thank you so much, Lesejo. Are there more Lesejos out there? 0891-104-207. A couple of important things there, Chantal. Breastfeeding in public. We need to get over this taboo that breastfeeding in public is offensive. Offensive to who? It's a natural phenomenon. It's baby feeding time, just as I will be feeding if I'm sitting at a restaurant and enjoying a meal. The mother has every right to give her child food as the child is entitled to food. Goodness, it's a constitutional right. Why should we still be dealing with this thing? Well, unfortunately, the problem is with society. And unfortunately, we live in patriarchy, which is strangling every notion of 
freedom and equity for women. And we have seen in the last five years that South Africa has gone through a very hostile breastfeeding culture where moms have been asked to leave restaurants, moms have been ostracized on flights, moms have been asked to leave, you know, important places where women should be allowed to have their children. But then it's about how society responds to breastfeeding and particularly to women. Um, a few years ago, our Minister of Health at the time, um, Dr. Arden Motsaledi, actually came out and made a call to say there is no rule that women cannot breastfeed anywhere, anytime, any place. And so we've that seen was 2016, very... speaking to Venka Rangapa and ENCA. You're absolutely Absol- right. Yes, and so we've had really high-level political will to try and normalize breastfeeding, but it has to do with not seeing breastfeeding visibly. Um, May I interrupt you on that? Sorry, Chantal. May I interrupt you? The Prime Minister of New Zealand assumed her position and immediately into the role of being the head of state as a mother. How important then is it for society to have these stereotypes, which are unfounded in the 21st century, not that there is ever reason why for 20 centuries before that it would have been okay for a mother not to breastfeed where a child is calling for milk. How important, though, is it for leaders and for those prominent personalities to normalize breastfeeding? Because in New Zealand, I don't imagine they have the same kind of challenges, stereotypically anyway, as we are lamenting now that Lesejo had to deal with. Absolutely. But I do want to say in favor of our own First Lady. So Dr. Tsepo Motsepi is the Mm -hmm. patron for a civil organization called the South African Civil Society for Women's, Adolescents and Children's Health, Saxco Watch. And since Mm -hmm. inception in 2015, Dr. Motsepi has been championing the breastfeeding cause for women, especially because it is a life-saving intervention for South Africa. It is also about early childhood development. So we want our kids to be clever and that we want our kids to pass matric and to go on and be scientists and whatever else they want to do. But it means that we need to support breastfeeding as a society. So last week we had a conversation about the role of men and how do we get men to be part of Mm -hmm. the caring and the parenting because that's where it starts. So breastfeeding is just a symptom, right? So in South Africa, men have been very quiet. Men have not been part of this conversation, mostly because it's systemic as well. So if you want to go to the clinic with your wife, your partner, your girlfriend, you're actually not allowed. And so we are challenging the systems that keep men out Mm -hmm. as well. Not always fair to say men don't want to be part of that process, but it is important that we start getting the conversation going and also get the visibility. I don't know if you've seen a poster or a advert about breastfeeding recently. Because no, as, as far as the research goes, every year I get my students to do this, to find places where you can see breastfeeding visibly. And there are very few places. So women are mm-hmm. asked to go and, you know, go and feed behind a curtain or go and feed mm-hmm. in the back toilet. And we need to start changing that. And in fact, the media needs to start bringing breastfeeding into the main conversation. So sure, we, no, we appreciate that. And, <laughs> and, and we will take that responsibility because, I mean, it is so fundamental to humanity and our survival's sake. And you mentioned bringing in dads into the picture and men in particular, but or 
men in men in general and dads in particular let's talk about you mentioned the fact that there are alternatives to this and pumping is one of them what is the effect on a baby being breastfed by a dad albeit through a bottle what does that do or not do for the relations and for the health of the child and for the child's development in particular so let's start with dads being engaged in the skin to skin so there's evidence that shows that dads when they hold the baby skin to skin as we encourage moms to do you have this rewiring mm-hmm. of the dad's brain and the baby's brain so these neural pathways that i was talking about is caused by stimulation and it's caused by neurotransmitters so dads don't naturally produce oxytocin and oxytocin is the feel good hormone it's the hormone that gets released when you actually give birth so it's your opium and dads who hold their babies close to them especially skin to skin start actually producing this oxytocin it makes your both different you know the right side of the brain the compassion the bonding the feeling side and we need more dads to have that feeling and so we want dads to be engaged with their babies and holding skin to skin and of course when they are feeding breast milk they will be doing that via a bottle or via a tube and baby gets the benefit of the breast milk but baby also gets the benefit of wiring baby's brain to dad's brain and then you have this bonding this compassion and for us especially in the gender based discussion gender based violence discussion we know that countries that have high breastfeeding levels also have low gender based violence have low gender violence in society so the social benefit of breastfeeding goes beyond the feeding and the food mm-hmm. discussion it actually goes to, towards building a better society building a nurturing society a caring society and so we want to get breastfeeding beyond the food discussion and the health discussion and into the discussion of societal you know roles for breastfeeding and that's very much part of that and 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 that's why it is especially important to break down all of these systemic and otherwise social norms that are rejected um about breastfeeding in other words you cannot breastfeed in public i mean the experiences of young mothers in aircrafts and in restaurants and in other spaces where it's most convenient for them to breastfeed the babies but for one to some idiot who's uncomfortable about nothing <laughs> suddenly that person's insecurities about something as natural as breastfeeding prevails over breastfeeding which itself is fundamental to life and consistent with all the good things that you want the mother and the child and society to embrace let's now talk about the responsibility of corporates because you said that marketing in relation to formula is so much more powerful than the message you and I for instance are having i do know that for a fact when i go into a retail space i'm not supposed to see within entering the business premises any advertising or the products themselves as they pertain to instant formula or anything that could conceivably be a replacement for breast milk as a consumer i've got then that corresponding responsibility to hold to account those retailers who do not respect if you like the law if it's a law or the regulation if it's a regulation around the sale of instant formula can you elaborate on that please just for our academic enrichment Yes, absolutely. So South Africa is one of the foremost countries to have legislation which means it's law. So it's called Regulations R991 
which is the regulations relating to the food stuff for infants and young child feeding. So we're very proud of it. It was gazetted in 2012. So we've had it for a while now. And what this basically means is that nobody, no entity can advertise infant formula or any food that displaces breast milk, which includes the teas. So we know that moms also give their children teas and juices and pureed foods, and these foods actually displace breast feeding and breast milk. So no advertising, no front packaging, as if you walk into any building, you should be seeing a billboard or anything that has anything to do with infant formula specifically. No advertising of bottles and teas, and definitely no funding from any breast milk substitute or industry for health professionals. And that's a very important one because if they're not advertising directly to parents, they are advertising indirectly through the health professionals, particularly gynecologists, pediatricians, dietitians. And this is important because anybody can report somebody who is breaking the law. So if you open a magazine and you see a, a you know, an advert for infant formula or a bottle or a teat, you can lodge a complaint to the Department of Health. And that gets investigated. And there's a process to actually, before we have punitive measures, we have rehabilitation processes. And so we've been very fortunate in the last five or six years, South Africa's advertising of infant formula has decreased significantly. But the other spaces that we do need to get into is in supporting of conferences, supporting of, you know, research. And it's in the health system that we actually need to also get the infant formula companies out. Has this translated into the decrease in sales? Unfortunately not. So that's another aspect where um, we do monitor the sales. And unfortunately, year on year, infant formula has companies and you can you can use the Euro monitor which is a, a international monitoring service that looks at sales and so infant formula has increased year on year unfortunately we can't say it's only for South Africa because South Africa we produce it here and we send it out to the rest of Africa so when you look at sales it might be a global or a continental picture but formula has increased year on year and sadly our demographic and health survey of 2016, which is the latest um, DHS data, shows that a quarter of children have never breastfed. So that means one in four children is actually dependent on infant formula. And that's something that's we need to understand why that's happening. And we think it's got to do with women in the workplace. So maybe now with the new normal and people working away from you know office blocks and, and the company, mm -hmm. Maybe moms will have an, an opportunity to actually stay with their babies and, you know, support breastfeeding by virtue of being with the children. Because infant formula has a place when the child has no other alternative. And that particularly happens when children are being separated from their mothers. So in the workplace, we also have a law, which is called the code, it's the, the labor law, but there's a code for, um, the code of practice for good conduct, which supports pregnant and breastfeeding women in the workplace. And and everybody should be, you know, should be implementing it. But we know it's not happening. And women are not empowered enough to actually call on their managers and their employers mm -hmm. to say, this is my benefit. I need to actually be able to express my breast milk while I'm at the office 
I get two half an hour time slots to do that, which is not your tea time and not your lunch time. So every woman should be able to call on it. But the biggest problem is women don't actually claim their rights. And that's, and that's sad because that means women are giving up on their own rights and employers are violating their rights. Sure, what a dour note to leave it at, but thank you nonetheless no, so no, much we didn't for the it's very not important end lesson. On that note. It's not in the Excellent. Note. Let's not. <laughs> Let's do. just simply leave yes. it where we say breastfeeding is great. Final comments, 10 seconds, please. We have to be out in literally less than a minute. Yes, every woman has the right to breastfeed. Please call on your rights. Nobody can say no to you. Breastfeed wherever you are. Do not, breast, do not take no for an answer. Breastfeed your child. And that was Dr. Chantal Witten. Chantal, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Excellent. Have a good evening, everybody. That was the show, The Viewpoint. We do what we normally do at this time. It's a book reading and a soapy. Good night, everybody.